0: Hello again, welcome to episode three of Underbench Staples, describing and reacting to episode four and five. It will all even out eventually. Yeah, because we decided to do this on like the Tuesday or the Wednesday of the week, the series premiered it's kind of funny that we <laughs> we are a bit behind but here we are we are a bit
1: behind but we are trying to find our feet with this new production and <laughs> these episodes are going out on broadcast sharpish so fully enough
0: uh, right now it's uh, (laughs) it's, uh, 16 minutes past 6 on Monday and the next episode broadcasts at 7 so our aim is to wrap this up ASAP hope you've enjoyed the first week of uh, MasterChef Australia it's been a good one so far I've enjoyed it, have you? So much pasta,
1: and that's going to be a recurring theme that I'm going to bring up across this episode as well, because there's even more pasta to come, but I'm enjoying it, they're a great bunch. The thing I like is that compared to other years, I know their names really quickly, as in quicker than ever before. And I think all of them are quite individual and they're easy to kind of tell apart. So I think it's casted really, really well.
0: Interestingly, um, the UK export doesn't have any opening titles. So you don't have them running through the kitchen with the uh, international theme tune, Burning Up. Burning Up in my heart. Yeah, that one. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I don't know if the Aussie version... In as it was broadcast, um, still has Katy Perry with titles or not, but the UK and mm. Ireland version uh, doesn't have it. So episode four, four, which was an immunity challenge, it was the first immunity challenge of the season. I loved because it was a fridge. It was a fridge. That <laughs> this is a
1: prime example of a kind of old olden challenge that we haven't seen in the past couple of years come mm. back. And there's a lot of work in, in creating that kind of concept of the fridge. And I just think it's so effective. Yeah. And the thing I didn't enjoy about it is that all of the contestants just run up to the fridge. Mm. I think the the premise of this challenge is that you kind of have to go to the fridge you're overwhelmed so the key thing is to stand back and observe and try to put a plan into place but having them all run mm. and grab stuff it just feels as if it's that extra bit more challenging
0: yeah, yeah it's, it's quite a lot now uh, it and was- also
1: the return of Shannon Bennett
0: oh, t- t- oh sorry <laughs> spoiler alert <laughs> it was Shannon's fridge this is why we don't share notes and we don't talk about the show and we're actually not <laughs> watching it so uh, it was shannon's fridge uh great to see him back he was on the last series as well um and obviously he's very uh, much associated with the og lads uh, so really great to see him back uh, the episode started off with kath losing her voice uh <laughs> the excitement um uh, which was. <laughs> (laughs) Really, really uh, amusing. Uh, The prize for the elimination, uh, for the immunity challenge (laughs) for elimination, Uh, the immunity challenge is that you be safe from elimination on Sunday, or as we call it, Friday, um, and you get a pin that you can bring through if you are successful in second round round too. So it's kind of like a bonus little prize Mm. that goes along. I have a note here about something Jock said. Okay, hit me. And he said that the contestants, uh, you have the uh, pantry and the garden and the pantry staples. Now, this podcast is called Underbench Staples because I'm 99% sure that's what they've always called it. Right?
1: It's its name, and it's going to be its name, and it will be its name. Yeah,
0: so he called it that, which is a bit mm, 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 disconcerting. Um, But let's talk about the food. Let's. So... At the start,
1: as the contestants kind of grabbed their ingredients and kind of tried to create the dishes in their head, the judges to the side kind of talked about how they would approach it. Mm. You had a a couple of smoked things in the fridge, a couple of slow cooked things already. Mm. Lots and lots of condiments, cheeses, um, creams, that kind of thing. Um, they had some pretty cool ideas. Jock said he would do a hot and sour broth. He'd grab a whole heap of the condiments, the oils, all of that, and he'd have a hot and sour broth. I love that idea. And he said he would do a salad, which I can see, but I kind of thought, like, if a contestant took that approach you would probably criticise them as a judge so well like if they did meat and two veg or something like that yeah (laughs) we'll get to that in Mm. a bit Um, so I thought the judges had some good ideas but we Um, It had been actually quite interesting because we ended up with two savoury and two sweet options off of the contestants.
0: Yes. Um, I really enjoyed the fact that Melissa was ambitious enough to go for a cake Mm. Um, in the time limit. If I remember correctly, three quarters of an hour to do a cake was quite ambitious. Kath, um, (laughs) Kath was... Chaotic, chaotic in many, many ways, but also it's so endearing. Like she lost her voice. I think she went up to the fridge four times, three, four times, at least three times, um, which were quite interesting. She also managed to set fire. This, this was chaos embodied. This is only episode four, and we've always
1: already had her almost crossed out episode one come back to excel in episode 2 and 3 and now we're in episode 4 and the shakes have come back in in an almighty <laughs> way her voice uh, is gone there's stuff on fire but there's then, jam in but the then,
0: sauce but then she put then she put the she put the burning piece of paper into her pot of potatoes <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and even everyone was like on the gantry going what why did you just do that? Why did yeah. you do that chaos 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 um i really liked uh melissa's caramel she had a caramel situation going on mm. was a really she really brought it to the edge
1: yeah because her choice had been the, the fruit figs, was figs yeah. and dates wasn't it and like if you just throw those into a cake you aren't going to get the complexity so mm. her angling at a caramel is a great idea mm. Mm. And then Antonio had uh, a tart tart that had a kind of plain custard. Um, he was inspired by butter in the fridge. And I thought mm. that was just a really weird ingredient to mm. grab. And that he, he kind of created everything around that. And I was still kind of confused. And then, because of the time frame, he hadn't the time to chill the pastry he made. Yes. So it shrunk. <laughs> yeah. And it cooked unevenly, so I don't think he had the greatest time and I
0: think a couple of poor errors in the moment yeah um we're trying to go through this episode quickly so he can <laughs> a eat and to watch tonight's episode but there is a lot to go through in this episode um Obviously then it goes to round two But we're going to do smash and pass now Because there was four dishes here And then there's only two dishes in the next round So it, it makes a lot of sense to do smash and pass here So my smash dish Is cats Minus the jam Yeah, I mean Hers is probably the most interesting Miso mushrooms Minus the jam, it just sounded in the kind of smoky tomatoey sauce. Yeah, it sounded really, really nice. And like of of anything that was done, I wasn't overly inspired by everyone. Mm, If I'm completely honest, I felt for a fridge raid challenge, and in 45 minutes, I kind of was a bit like, why Why would you do pastry? Why would you Why would you do a cake? I get. That You're trying to impress them All the type of stuff But cats actually excited me Because mm. that is a raid thing That we'd do You'd have a half a jar of miso Or something like that Or whatever mm. You'd have some mushrooms And you might just put on A bit of nice sourdough That's yeah. a little bit blue You know The smash for me Is going to be Jessica
1: I think super brave to do pasta And mm. also crazy to do pasta mm. In three quarters of an hour um, But I think she played to her, to her skill set And her heritage she cranked out uh, the kind of
0: thing that she would do ordinarily at home anyway. And that's what she said, wasn't it? It was really interesting mm. that she was like, 45 minutes to make pasta. I do that with screaming kids. It's fine. You know, I think that's a really great attitude yeah. and a really, it just shows her skill. Yeah. Uh, uh, and like, it
1: isn't those imaginative dish, but the fact that you produced yeah. the pasta in three quarters of an mm-hmm. hour and had a pretty cohesive plate. I'm going to smash that.
0: Yes. Now, the dish I'm going to pass is Antonio's. It was beautiful looking, and I love the sound of the maple syrup going through it. Mm. Um, It just... I I am, at this point in time in my life, I'm a bit more of a savoury type of gal, and so the sweet things have to really wow me. Mm. And I think, considering how sweet things in MasterChef Australia develop, I think that's very elementary mm. and I think you need to be doing something. that's maybe a bit why I'm also the same on Melissa's cake. It's like it just needs to be a little bit more elevated to get to yeah. sweet Master Chef Australia level, even though it is only episode three. Yeah. I'm it's being a bit harsh. It's episode four. four. four yeah. Um I'm gonna
1: do a double
0: pass on
1: both of the sweets. Okay. So exact same yeah. I'm on the exact same page. They were odd choices And I'm not sure Mm. They were anything too exciting
0: Yeah Now a good effort though On both And Melissa did get through To round two So And it was a gorgeous Looking cake Like I would Absolutely I would Smash it, but in the context of this, I would pass it. But that's that's that. So, round two in walks the Disney prince of Australian Ugh. cooking with beautiful hair, the hair goals, I know, and three hats. And three I didn't hats. see one hat because his hair is so gorgeous. I didn't see any hats. It did him. only ruin I his know. perfect I know, hair. I know, it's very, It's very, it's very unusual because, uh, obviously, we that's Michelin stars essentially, yeah, and Michelin stars are very handsome. Mm. It's very, it's very. It's very Confusing when we hear it. So, um, Hugh and um, great challenge. 75 minutes for the contestant, 60 minutes for the professional, um, and judging blind. So, mm, Jock, Andy, that. and Melissa all going out to judge blind. So we th- were w- wondering about this. Is this the first judging blind in quite a few years? Because in the lad's day, It would normally be Shannon who'd come in as the kind of, like, mentor kind of person in these kind of challenges. And the lads would go off Mm. out back. And I'm like, I don't remember the same concept, bar maybe a final.
1: Mm. Have they done it in service challenges, maybe? That... The judges yeah. are just like eating plates of food and i think i remember mm. these three judges in particular weren't quite aware during some that of the services who a- it was that could have been teams yeah so in that as opposed to a beat the chef where yeah. you have to try and identify your yeah. contestant or your chef yeah either way i think both the challenge of the fridge and the Tasting Blind are two things that to an audience of the show are very, very familiar. But I appreciate that they probably haven't been used in a while. Yeah, exactly. Um, So the two choices, the upper hand had gone to the contestant, of course, to choose between a potent pantry or a pleasant pantry? Mm. And she chose potent, Mm. as I'm sure you would too. I definitely would.
0: Yeah, I would have as well. Like, pleasant, the ingredients did look stunning.
1: Beautiful, fresh, Mm. vibrant fruit. So, of course, then Hugh has to be tasked with the pleasant pantry. Mm. He
0: audibly swears (laughs) we don't get the swears on our version because we broadcast pre-watershed but i think in australia they go out so that's cute uh
1: but even though he said he would have far preferred the other pantry you just know that anything he's tasked with Mm. even if if it's these very delicate subtle flavors that he will pull out Mm. something and in an hour, he does a parfait.
0: Yeah, and even he was like showing off to Shannon being like, see, I can do a parfait in 35, 40 minutes type of thing. Mm. Um, I loved the concept of it and it came up in later on, uh, in, in I think in the next episode, where it was with the raspberries yeah. and it was the fact that he was like, the raspberries could just be filled more. They could have more flavor. So he put a gel inside mm. them just to elevate it a little mm. bit more. Um, a parfait is on my list of things to make. I've never made a parfait before. And after watching uh, last year in particular, um, parfaits were, I think, once a week, mm. at least. It was the season of the parfait. Yeah, I said I was going to learn how to make one, and I
1: never did. A couple of years before that, it was a season of granitas yeah. and like that kind of thing. The the thing I I, I spotted that I don't think the editing picked up on enough, is that he was very clever because he took the center out of the parfait. Yes. To serve it. Mm. So even if that had not completely set, Mm. at least the outside had, and he clearly thought through that in planning the dish. He thought, I'm gonna take out the center anyway. Mm. So all I need is a half hour in there and then just it's, the
0: yeah, exterior. It's very clever. Um his uh, on air presence was fantastic. The little thing like he came back from the pantry and gave Melissa a flower. And he then when he, what he knows he's what he's doing. doing. You don't become a Disney prince <laughs> not do the right things. He also um when he did cut out the circle of the parfait they joked on the gantry throw some <laughs> off and he did and they were like oh my god it's so yummy <laughs> and someone caught it yeah. I think Addy caught, caught it, or it something. yeah, yeah. Uh, it did look incredible though it really um, did both dishes were great um, I think you can see the fact that Melissa was possibly trying to trick the judges, the benefit Maybe. of a blind taste test. This didn't look like a dish you would have done before. It no. looked quite chefy. There was individual elements. Things were layered around. Yeah, um, it was very impressive. It was like a. It was a seafood tagliatelle. If I remember yeah. correctly, there was prawns. There was. There was I
1: think there was octopus in yeah there yeah or something? yeah a few bits in it i can't quite remember um, and like a beautiful jus, yeah. her
0: own pasta. and it was it was really beautifully pre- present present presented presented presentated, presented um which <clears throat> At this stage, you know, having to try and say, okay, can I trick the judges into thinking that this might be a three-hatted chef Mm. or not? Quite a clever move because while the scores were a bit of a distance away, they were still respectable enough for the very first Mm. challenge. Um,
1: On the brief, mm -hmm. she chose the potent Mm. pantry. Mm. Do you think she used the pantry enough to her advantage
0: probably not i feel that potent a lot of fish is potent by nature Mm. i guess in it depending on kind of what way you think about it um so was was it more ingredient focused or was it more the title focused Mm. like hughes was pleasant yeah and light Um, and light and everything and whereas the potent like would you want the kind of the fermentations would you want the kind of extreme flavors that come with potent foods and cheeses and fish and everything yeah i guess obviously not eating it is hard to tell but it just didn't read potent in the finished dish i think so but was that a prerequisite probably not it's mm. just make a great plate of food it's just your raw ingredients what do you think yeah I think
1: that uh, to me if I go back to the original premise of this or that mm. it doesn't really feel that that's the kind of thing I would imagine that had come out of a potent brief yeah I think Hughes' dish absolutely unbriefed totally an example of the ingredients that he had to work with Mm. so either way I think great efforts off both Hugh retained his title yeah Uh, I don't think he's ever lost I don't think he has, no, no Um,
0: Which is good for him, a bit of an ego (laughs) Shattering thing Congratulations on three hats By the way, it's episode three Of MasterChef Australia And someone has whooped your ass That would be brilliant actually It's episode four (laughs) I keep telling you It's It's episode episode four four. Why am I writing it weird? Okay, it is, okay. So, uh, anyway, so, then, um, so oh it is, yeah. That's hilarious. On my notes I'm just all over the place because I called episode five, episode four even though I already had an episode four. That and really also because good. this is episode three of this yeah, production, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's also confusing. We're, we're, we'll start splitting it up soon, don't worry. So then um, we... Uh, can I just add on as well, it's interesting as well, it's probably a huge advantage for the contestants at this early stage in this challenge because the judges are not fully aware of their styles and mm. dishes too much just yet so you can kind of hide behind the thing of well this is obviously such and such it's not going to be because they're not fully aware Mm. so I think in these early stages it's great that they have the opportunity to hide behind uh, the anonymous judging yeah Mm. agreed okay so that episode ends yeah and then we go into actual episode 5 yeah will we actually end this episode so then there's a bit of cohesion on the numbers and then you can join us on the next episode for episode 5 why not let's do that so thank you so much for listening if for some reason you're not going straight to episode five thank you for listening please rate subscribe and share all about this podcast and we'll catch you next time which will be in about 20 seconds thanks for listening bye